My name is Annie Jago. I am a senior lifeguard with the RNLI and I'm also volunteering for the lifeboat crew. Surfing is my biggest love and I would surf every day if I could. With surfing, you're in the moment. You forget everything else. You're in like this amazing force of nature and you are with your board, you try and catch the waves, there's nothing else on your mind and it's just such a powerful feeling and there's nothing really like it and whenever you duck dive under the water it's <laughs> sounds really cringy but <laughs> it's like everything else just gets washed away and you're just there and yeah there's really no other feeling like it. I wanted to become a lifeguard in 2019 is when I started um, but I'd seen a lot of my friends do the lifeguarding before then. I had done a lot of hospitality work um, and lots of indoor jobs and I wanted to do something outside because I knew that was my passion. Um, I didn't know if I had the fitness for it, I never really looked into it. And then I became a pool lifeguard before I did beach lifeguarding and I was like, I'm just gonna go for it and see how I got on and loved their values, everything. the. Um, your staff, your colleagues that you work with, everyone's so positive. I guess it's just being outside um, and just the energy, the really positive energy really drew me to want to do lifeguarding in the first place. So one of the uh, beaches that I lifeguard on is Benone Beach. Um, it's a really long stretch. It actually goes down to one of our other um, lifeguarded beaches which is downhill and then it carries on to Castle Rock and um, it's just this big lovely stretch and um, it's just opposite from Donegal actually you can get a ferry just over if you travel along to the left of the beach of Benone Beach you can get a ferry over to Donegal and the view the scenery is just absolutely stunning. So on the day of the rescue with Matthew, it was actually not too busy a day. The, the weather wasn't amazing. Um, it was the 5th of June, I remember, because it was the day after my friend's birthday. We were doing a rotation, which is what we do every 30 minutes, so that whoever's on the water's edge doesn't have to stay there for so long and can, we can keep our minds fresh. So there was a swap and the three of us were up in the... Uh, BLU which is the lifeguard unit and all I hear on the radio is <laughs> um, unconscious body in the water and we all froze and we're like is that really what we just heard and I looked down at the water's edge and the lifeguard on patrol is no longer in the position he was in obviously for patrol so I was scanning the beach scanning the beach and he was running to the right hand side I had just done the senior course and I was going through everything that they taught me um, trying to just work out the best way to do it, keep calm, make sure everyone was doing their job properly. I had a great team on with me that day and so I sent one of them down in the truck with the first aid bag and I made sure um, to keep communications between obviously the ones down at the water's edge and I was looking through my binos and I was looking at the area that the other lifeguard was at and it took me a while because he was actually so Matthew was with a friend that day and Matthew was in the water and the waves were lapping over him 
But when I looked through the binos, I'd seen his friend and his friend was obviously holding his head. Thankfully, his friend was there with him and he was very close. So he was holding his head and I'd seen him through the binoculars kneeling down. And I was so confused. I was like, this, he's fine. He's, I was like, there's no unconscious body in the water. I didn't, I couldn't see Matthew with the water over his face. So um, I was on the radio, right, what's happening? Tell me. And the first lifeguard, Oren, he got back to me and he said, okay, he can't, he can't move his arms. I just was trying to work out every possibility. And he was like, no, can't move his legs. And I was still so confused because I was looking through the binos and I was still looking at the, his friend that was kneeling in the water. I was like, he looks like he's sitting up fine. And then all of a sudden I just see Matthew's wee face. Um, the water just passed underneath and I was like, oh my goodness, I need to get down with his vinyl board. So I just made sure I was like, is he conscious? Can he talk? And he said, yes, he's talking. And I said, right, that's great. At least he's alert and we can, we don't have to do anything too sudden or <laughs> go into anything too drastic right now. So I just said, keep an eye on him. I'm bringing the spinal board down and we'll go from there. And I got down there and thankfully Matthew's lying awake and I asked him, well, how are you feeling? Is, are you in pain? And he said, I, I was like on a scale of one to 10, how, how painful is it? It's not that, it's like a five, but he knows something's wrong. And I said, okay, we need to get you out of the water and assess you. So thankfully he was still kind of floating. I just told his friend to stay on the head and we managed to get the spinal board underneath him and with the help of ever, like all of our team, got them out of the water. And do you know what? Everyone in Benone was great. Um, no one really was on top of us. There was actually an ex-Coast Guard on the beach as well. There was a doctor on the beach. So we had all the assistance we needed and it was so nice everyone coming together and just helping out when when they could so we oh, the only thing we could do was get the ambulance to come as quickly as possible and monitor him just to make sure his condition didn't worsen and to keep him as comfortable as possible uh we were told later on it was his spinal cord he was actually told that he would never walk again and um, so it was probably about i'm gonna say six eight months down the line from when it happened that we actually um, exchanged like contact details um, through a friend of mine and I was able to message and say hey like how are you getting on um, would love to meet up and see how you're getting on in person and have a catch up and if you want to hear my side of the story if you're interested yeah I'd love to tell you and vice versa so he then said yeah absolutely that would be great and we met up for coffee and we chatted about it and for him, just to see him doing so well and um, he was already walking by then and we'd seen I'd seen a video previously to that um where it was a lovely video he surprised his mum where he could walk and um he just told me everything from the beginnings from when it happened to, up to obviously when I'd met him again and then he said I would love to get back on a board again. And it was actually the anniversary of the, <laughs> the accident. And he got in touch to say, I think I'm ready to try surfing again. So we did a one-to-one. -one. He came down, he was very keen. Um, his mobility was great. There were some things that he wasn't 
I wasn't quite able to do um like his hand his he had to make a fist to like pop up and things like that but his progress was incredible and just to see him actually standing up on the wave seeing him on the board and progressing um definitely something I don't even know if I could describe it it was um so much excitement so much joy for him um yeah definitely kind of surreal to to know that a year ago from that moment he couldn't walk at all and was told he probably won't be able to walk never mind surf so definitely a very mixed range of emotions as an RNLI lifeguard slash volunteer you you go to the beach and you have to be prepared for that kind of thing but when you when you realize when you think about the fact that you have helped so many people um throughout your job it it is just it's such a rewarding feeling and it's it's so nice to just go to your job and know that you can help somebody that day. It's great. <laughs> I don't really know how else to describe it. Hello, it's Phil Coulter here. You've been listening to part of the RNLI's 200 Voices collection. To hear more remarkable stories, head to rnli.org 200 Voices or Subscribe to the RNLI wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. Two Hundred Voices is produced for the RNLI by Adventurous Audio Limited.